Hello and welcome to the NFL Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Torpy, and today we are pumped up about the podcast because there, it has been a big couple of weeks in the NFL world. It's been some big signings, the draft happened, the virtual draft, and of course there's been some drama in the fallout of that. So we've got a lot to talk about, but before we get into that, I want to welcome my illustrious co-host, the man, the only man that I've played Aussie Rules footy with, who's argued with an umpire, not about a free kick, but because he wasn't able to wear a hat on the field to protect his bald head. That's the great Ken Zudema. Zoo, Thank you. welcome. How Thank you, you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, look, I would like to point out, I did have that argument. I am a bald man, and I am also incredibly pale. So a hat and sunscreen is important. And the only reason you have not had an argument with the umpire is that they're too far away. It's a long way from the bench onto the field. <laughs> well, you've probably got me there, Zudes. I, when it comes to skill sets I, and in the footy field, I can't really defend myself that strongly. Oh, that's but, not true. Uh, you do run like a wounded antelope. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Maybe look at the votes from... Uh, Season one that we played together. I think. I'll... <laughs> anyway, let's not get into personal, personal things here. Welcome, Zoo. It's good to have you. Are you excited? What a big Thank couple of very... weeks. It's been massive, and not just the draft. There's been a couple of uh, little signings, but well, not, not little signings. Some big signings happening alongside everything else, and it's made for so much content. This episode, it's going to be hard to fit it all in. It will, but we're going to. Try and get through a few things. We're not going to try and go on too long and in depth, but we want to cover some things off. So um, let's get straight into it, dudes. And before we get into the draft, before before the draft happened, there was huge news, huge news. So um, just to go back a step so we don't want to just jump into it and, and um, go over the top of people's heads if they don't know the NFL well, but Ron Gronkowski, Signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the same side the the illustrious Tom Brady is playing as quarterback this coming season. So Gronkowski was with the New England Patriots alongside Tom Brady, and he was his gun tight end there. And though those two looked for each other so often and performed great feats on the football field, Gronk retired. Uh, at the end of the 2018 season, and uh, he was just worn out. His body was in a lot of pain. He just, you know, he had a lot of health issues. Um, you know, he'd just been a gun performer and just got knocked so many times. Um, Brady really missed him in 2019. Um, and Brady's obviously very good at convincing people because he's clearly convinced Gronk to come back. Um Huge news. Zudes, what's your initial thoughts when you heard this? I think everyone was just uh, really surprised. Oh, of course I was surprised. Uh, so Rob Gronkowski, is, he's known as a party animal, and in his year off, he's been dancing with the Lakers girls, he's been on the, in the WWE, he's been doing a bit of media, like he's been having a really good time. So for him to give all that up and say, you know what, I'm going to come back for the year, Maybe the year, maybe more. Who knows? Um, with the Bucks and Brady, it's massive. And 
what's incredible is this, he was still signed to the Patriots. Like, officially, he was still being paid by the Patriots. So they had to trade him, and they traded basically a player that had retired for a fourth-round pick from the Bucks. So well done to the Patriots there, but amazing, an amazing unfolding of events in that situation. And just on that, Zoots, with still being on the Patriots' books, he knew they couldn't take him on because they've got huge salary cap issues already. So he knew that if he said he was, look, I'm going to come back and play, uh, he knew they couldn't afford him. And so they, he knew they had to trade him. Um, so he had the Patriots backed into a corner. They did exactly what he thought they would. And he gets to go play with his best buddy, Tom Brady, at the Bucks to further strengthen their offensive line. So it's definitely, you know, a, a huge addition. Let's just talk about that for a second. A huge addition to the Bucks. Um, my, my only thing and my only concern, um, number one, is this good for Gronk given his previous health issues? Like his health, his fitness, his concussions, how sore his body was. Like there were stories of him having to, um, you know, be on IV drips, get inflammation drained after games. He could barely walk uh, for two days after games. Like that's the reason he left the game. So to come back is a huge move. Is it going to be good for his health? One, that's going to be the big question mark. Um, he's lost so much weight. So his playing weight at the Patriots was um, kilograms-wise 120 to 125 kg. He's now down to just a tick over 110. So he's lost a lot of lot of weight. Um, now, is he going to be game ready when the season comes around, like back to game condition? It's going to take time. And then the other thing is, how many games will he play? It feels like, you know, that's the NFL season's probably going to be shortened with um, coronavirus, but let's just imagine that it's a typical 16-game season. I don't know, nine or ten games may pull him up, and it's definitely, he's only going to be used for key plays. So they're going to have to nurse him through, but, you know, regardless, I still think it's a huge addition. And it, it, great for the league, great, an exciting, exciting news story. I completely agree. I think he is the Stuart Jew of the NFL right now. Stuart Jew came back to the Hawks in 08, I think it was. Was it 08? Yeah. Played a blinder of grand final, but he was well out of shape. But you know what? They didn't need him all season. They only needed him set times, set games, and he delivered. And I think Gronk can do the same. Yep. No, I think think you're right. I think he's just, they're going to have to be careful with how they use him, but exciting and yeah, the Tampa Bay bandwagon rolls on. I think there's a few getting on now. Uh, but who knows uh, how that'll all play out. Um, how do you reckon Edelman's feeling right now? So Edelman, Edelman's yeah, very lonely, <laughs> I'd say. So Edelman's another one that's been alongside Gronk, uh, has been one of Brady's yep key, uh, key players. And, yeah, he's uh, still with the Pats. I imagine he's looking around now going, what am I doing here? Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see. So, yeah. so we'll move on from Gronk, huge story, um, to the NFL draft, the, the virtual NFL draft. And, um, 
yeah, it was an exciting, exciting draft. Very different, but perfectly popular. Um, last episode, we went through our top 10 picks, and there weren't too many key surprises there. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we'll just briefly go over it. Burrow, as expected, uh, went number one to the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Tua was the big question mark, and he was picked up, picked up by the Dolphins at five, uh, which I think is a great result. And uh, Justin Herbert ended up going under the Chargers. Um, there were some, there were probably one surprise was Thomas, who we talked about our our um, termed offensive line monster Tristan uh, Worths going to uh, going to the Giants, but he slipped. And Thomas came in to the, for the Giants at number four. So that was a bit of a surprise. But, um, let's, let's not focus a lot on the 10. Let's, let's discuss some of the big ones that went later in the draft, some big new stories that happened later in the first round. Um, but we'll start with Worths because, uh, Tristan Worths was, um, man we spoke about going at number four and he has been picked up by Tampa Bay. So again, like adding to their offensive line, it was a great pickup by them. Uh, wasn't that a bit of a surprise there, Zoods, with Worths going at uh, going at thirteen, I believe it was overall. Uh, yeah, it was a huge surprise. Uh, so when the Giants picked up Andrew Thomas, and I was watching live uh, at the time, everyone was a little bit surprised. Um, they'd kind of expect, you know, they always rank uh, the different players in their position. And they had Thomas ranked at probably the third or fourth best player in his position. So I'm really surprised to see him um, as the uh, the first one, first tackle to come off the board. Tampa Bay just must have been licking their lips. Um, Tom Brady must have been like clapping and shouting and screaming in jubilation to get such a massive unit uh, into Tampa Bay instead, interest and worse. So I think great work by Tampa. But at the same time, we don't know anything. Um, in the NBA draft a few years ago, Chris Porzingis got picked at number four, I think, and everybody booed, uh, basically because he's a tall white guy, and that's typically not his greatest player in the NBA. Uh, but he's he's become an amazing player. So they may have seen something in Thomas that we just we don't know about. So only history will tell. Yep, absolutely there. And uh, just going on with that theme, C.D. Lamb, who I know you're a fan of, Zoots, big wide receiver, highly regarded, and he was picked up by the Cowboys. And He was. The Cowboys had a pretty good draft overall, um, but they've added Lamb, uh, scooped him up as he slipped in the first round, and they add more to their offensive line. Uh, or, sorry, they, their, off, their, their offensive offense. line's strong. Their it already line is really strong. Mm. Already is, but Cowboys really underperformed last year. Like, didn't even win their division with the talent they have. So there's a lot of question marks over the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but it's they've they've done well in this draft, and CD Lamb headlined that. Um, you know a little bit more about him, Zoods. Do you? Did you want to touch on a few things with Lamb because he's going to yeah. be an interesting wide receiver to watch? 
He's a really interesting wide receiver because, in my mind, he he breaks a little bit of the mould of what they look for. So typically, when you're looking for a wide receiver, you want someone who is just lightning fast, who can get down the field, create space for themselves, runs really good routes. And what I mean by routes is it's just the path that you run so that your quarterback knows where you're going to be so you can put it in the spot that you can catch it. Um, C.D. Lamb... Like, he's quick. I'm not going to be silly and say he's not quick. Um, but his draft result wasn't amazing. There was a heap of guys faster than him. But where he's so good is his evasiveness. So once he actually gets ball in hand, his ability to take it and avoid the tackler, get around the cornerback and push towards the end zone, that's where he's special. So it'll be really interesting to see how how he's able to utilize that and whether coming up against that NFL quality will make a difference. But I'm just excited to see what he does and I'm excited to see him just make a few guys look stupid. So great signing by the Cowboys. Great way to pick up a guy as he slipped. Yeah, great, great draft by the Cowboys. So one to watch. Um, next, the Niners. So um, the Niners played in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, went down to uh, went down to the Chiefs, but they had a great draft. Um, many in the industry are really raving about it. Um, did did some moves. They so the Niners have already got a very strong defense, um, and uh, they lost to Forrest Buckner uh, last year. He's been traded to the Colts, Indianapolis Colts. So people were a bit concerned about that, but. They managed to trade up uh, with Tampa, picked up Javon Kinlaw at 14, uh, who is a defensive tackle, and he's you know, rated very, very well um, as an interior pass rusher, um, agile, agile operator. I'm not going to believe I know a lot about him because he's a guy I haven't done a, uh, we didn't do a lot of research on prior to the draft, but rated highly. Um, Within, within defensive profiles. Um, so a great pickup by them. And, um, just, just adding with that, they also picked up a wide receiver. They managed to trade with Minnesota, picked up Brandon Ayuk. Interesting name, uh, there, but also they lost. So, um, Sanders, one of their great wide receivers signed with the Saints over the off season. So that was a concern for them. But again, they've in a position where they shouldn't have been able to get great picks. They've managed to do so. Picked up this wide receiver. They think he's game ready. Um, you know, it's going to be hard shoes to fill with with Sanders. But again, rated highly. Um, seems to be a great great fit for them there. So all things considered, while they've lost some some uh, talent there in the off season, they've had a draft that's really plug some of those holes with guys that are game ready. So um, I think the Niners, are, you know, there's talk, of course, as how teams come back after a, after a Super Bowl loss and the hangover, but their management's strong and they've still got all the weapons, um, some strong weapons there on defense and offense and the addition of these. It's been a good draft for the Niners, Zoots. A hundred percent it has. Um, they filled the gaps that they needed to, and more interestingly, they've given Garoppolo a few more weapons. So last year, the Niners were predominantly a running team. Um, whether that's reflective of Garoppolo's 
talent. I don't know. Um, but obviously it led them all the way to a Super Bowl. So they made a lot of logical and smart and interesting picks. Which brings me to our next pick. Um, the, there's been a few weird picks and there's going to be a weirder one. This is just my, my warm up to the weirdest pick. Um, but Jalen Hurts to the Eagles was a very strange pick. Uh, so Jalen Hurts is, uh, he's a quarterback. Um, and he was actually ousted from his position. And we talked about this on our previous podcast. Um, so he was ousted by Tua. Ended up at, where did he end up? Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah. And he was picked up by Philly. And why that's an interesting pick is Philly actually has a really good quarterback in Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz, you may remember, was the starting quarterback in the year they won the Super Bowl got injured, Nick Foles took over and actually won them the game. They had so much faith in Wentz that they got rid of Foles, sent him off, sent him away, kept Wentz, but again, he got injured. So Jalen Hurts coming in suddenly puts a lot of pressure on him, gives him a backup role. Whether he plays or not depends on the health of Wentz because I I don't know that Hurts actually has the talent to be a starting QB yet, but what they have is they have a player who's proven to be able to throw the ball and he can run. So even if they use him as a starting, uh, backup QB at the moment, and just hold on to him until his value goes up and try and trade him out later as a backup QB or someone a little bit different, it's a really interesting pick. Pressure's on Wentz a little bit. Um, but yeah, really interesting by Philly. But like I said, this isn't the weirdest pick. And I know the weirdest pick is something that Torpy uh, it's very keen on sharing. He's got a lot of thoughts on it. So, Torpy, tell us about the weirdest pick of this draft. Zerds, I'm, I'm wound up about this because, um, yeah, and I might carry on a bit here, but this was the weird pick. So, the Packers. Packers, I believe that they had a pick late in the first round. And they traded up for this pick, so they went to 25. 25, 26. Anyway, that's not important. Um, trade it up. So the Packers have one of the most talented quarterbacks. Just to put things in perspective, they have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is regarded as one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. One of the criticisms of Green Bay Packers in the last three years is they haven't given him the weapons around him on the offense to make them a great powerhouse. They've relied too much on on Aaron Rodgers. So everyone thought this is the draft. The Packers are going to pick up some pick up a gun wide receiver. There was plenty on offer in the first round. What do they do? They trade up and they pick Jordan Love. Jordan Love, the mysterious man from Utah, quarterback. So they have picked up a quarterback when they have Aaron Rodgers who's still got three years on his deal, regarded as one of the greatest quarterbacks, and they've spent their, their first-round pick on Jordan Love, quarterback. So and I want to point was, out, not just spent, they didn't just spend their first-round pick, they traded up traded to up. get Jordan Love. They traded up, and it was to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Correct. Yeah, this wasn't just a, oh, he's come around at our pick. This is a, no, we actively want this guy. Exactly. And I think people would be able to swallow this a little bit easier if they just, he ended up in their laps. If, if he fell 
to their pick and they got him, I still think there would be a lot of question marks. But no, as Zood said, they traded up to get him, intentionally went after him because they didn't want him to go to the Colts. But, I mean, this is just a head-scratcher in so many ways. As I said, Rogers is is going to be playing. For, he just signed a contract last year to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. And he's going to play for at least three more seasons, you'd think. So by then, the so sorry, like the benefits of picking up Love, a guy like Jordan Love, for an NFL franchise, is that they bring him in, they put him on a rookie deal, and he may turn into a great quarterback. And on a rookie deal, you're not paying those great quarterbacks big money. So it enables you to spread your salary cap across the, across the team and build a great team around this quarterback. And so that's what NFL systems have been doing now, is that they've been picking up guys on rookie contracts. Let's look at, let's look at Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs as an example. Picked him up. He sat one year behind Alex Smith. They knew he was a special quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. They bring him in. Second year, as a starter, they've won the Super Bowl. He's proven to be a freak talent, but they're not paying him much money. But on his next deal, he's going to be paid a lot of money, probably going to be the leading, uh, the top-paid quarterback of all time. But because he's on a low salary, they've been able to spend their money on their offense, build a great team, go on and win a Super Bowl. It doesn't make sense because with Love, by the time he gets on the field, his rookie deal is going to be done. They're going to have to pay him big money. So it doesn't even make sense from a salary, like a, a money perspective. There's no benefit there, um, as I was saying. So they needed weapons for Rogers badly, and they didn't go and do it. And it just doesn't make sense. The only thing people are saying is they're saying is one knock on Rogers is that he's a bit He's a bit of a he's a bit chippy. He gets the sulks up. He cracks it a bit with the with the coaching staff from time to time. He doesn't uh, demonstrate great body language sometimes when the chips are down on the field. And they're saying, "Well, we want to send you a message, Aaron Rodgers. We want to say we're not going to keep putting up with this attitude. We want you to go out there and be angry." But like that's not the way to inspire a player. Completely agree. And if you're going to send a message, there was cheaper ways to do it than wait than spending a first round draft pick. What exactly. they could have done is gone out and picked up Cam Newton or Andy Dalton for nothing. Yep. And said, "Look, here's a bit of competition. These guys can play. They've proven it in the NFL. Pick up your game. Otherwise, we're going to take you out of the game. Um, we've got these guys sitting there. But instead, that's that's a big investment if it's meant to be a warning shot." It's a terrible investment, Zoots. Like I just, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't, I can't see one thing out of this deal that makes a lot of sense. It, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to say it's not a terrible investment yet. Yet, if you don't like, you got to remember, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the same age as Brett Favre was when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, and maybe they're looking at that succession planning because it worked for them last time. Uh, Favre was a great quarterback, um, generational. He's, you know, I think he's in the top 100 NFL players, whatever, whatever. And they drafted Aaron Rodgers at the same age, 
Favre ended up getting kicked out. Rogers took over and done a great job. We're in that same situation. It's that succession plan. If it works out, they will look like absolute superstars, even if Rogers gets a little bit miffed. But, you know, they might be able to trade Rogers in a couple of years when he's on the decline, because he's 30, 38, I think. No, he's, 30, he's, he's on only 36, decline. I think, so. Oh, 36, yeah. there you go. Yep. He's younger than I thought. Um, wait and see. Wait and see. It could prove to be the greatest pick of all time, but right now it looks weird. All right. Well, it does. And I won't drag on too much on this, but it is the big story. And just to add to that, like... No, I've spoke about no weapons. They they badly need a better defense and more offensive weapons. So here's a little stat of the day for you, Zoots. The Packers have not picked up a wide receiver in the last three drafts in the first three rounds. Not one in three drafts in the top three rounds of the draft. They haven't picked up a wide receiver. That's hard to believe when... In many of those years, Rogers has been screaming out for help, and they don't give it to him. And the year when he probably needs it most, they draft a quarterback. I, I, I just that's at I. There are reports that Rogers is really ticked off about this, and but I can't blame him. And the how it's going to come out, who knows? But this is the bizarre. This is the team that was one win away from going to the Super Bowl last year, thirteen and three yeah. season. I don't know. I'm a bit speechless on this one, Zoots, because the reason, and a, a, a bit of a personal interest here, I haven't been around, the, we haven't supported the NFL to see probably Aaron Rodgers perform at his absolute best. And it's something that I'd love to see. And I just feel like we're not going to see it because Green Bay continue to do this. They don't help him out on the offense, on the defense, to make that team, which I think had they built better, could have made it for a very interesting clash against the Chiefs last year. I agree. I'm going to I'm going to finish with the last point on Aaron Rodgers because I would like to emphasise and also one up you on stats with regards to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, in 15 seasons, Aaron Rodgers has only thrown one touchdown pass to a first round pick. One in 15 years. You compare that Incredible. to Tom Brady, who's thrown 105. Just re-emphasizing, they haven't given him the weapons. And that, that, that that's all I need to say on Aaron Rodgers, I think. I think, Yeah, I, I don't need to say any further. But what I'm going to do is I want to speak about two other guys. And we are quite focused on QBs just because they're the most interesting. They're the players who can shape teams. And I don't think these two guys can be talked about separately. So they are Jacob Eason and Jake Fromm. So the reason I don't want to separate them is Jacob Eason, uh, he was actually out at Georgia, the University of Georgia. He started there. He actually lost his spot uh, to Jake Fromm. So Eason ended up going over to Washington, and I have a bit of an attachment to him because uh, Torpy and I actually went and saw him play, and he's just a huge unit. He's massive. Um, but what I found was quite interesting is that Eason actually got picked up. Uh, he got drafted by uh, the Colts well before Fromm did. He actually, um, it was like, I think he was picked up, Eason at 122, and Fromm at about 164 or something, 167, somewhere there. 
And for the Colts, I love this pick. Clearly, they missed out on Jordan Love, who was their primary target. But for Easton to come in, he gets to come in at the Colts, work under Philip Rivers for a year, who's a veteran quarterback, knows his stuff, um, takes the pressure off him. That's an absolutely phenomenal situation for him. And Philip Rivers is as old as father time. So he's probably going to be gone after here, and it's a great chance for him to move into that QB1 position to, to be the starting quarterback of the Colts. Compare that to Fromm, who was drafted by the Bills, uh, and he automatically jumps in and he's behind Josh Allen because Josh Allen's been performing. He's solid. He's good. It's just a crazy situation that Fromm slipped so far and now he's going to be fighting it out for that backup quarterback position. And Zoods, um, and with Jake Fromm, we should mention, if you want to know a bit more about him, QB1, isn't it? Zoods on Netflix. He's uh, featured Correct. a lot on that in his high school days, and that's where I first heard of him, and hence we're a little bit interested. Played for you know Georgia, a great program. What I find interesting, like you've said, going to the Bills, they've got Josh Allen. His own, you know, they went deep into the playoffs last year. They're two very different quarterbacks too. Like Josh Allen's a very out there, aggressive, um, you know, pass. They make some blues, but he makes you go wow. He, um, he, he's some of his plays are out there, but he gives it a red hot go. Um, from his more considered, structured, um, which I'm, is very appealing to many coaching um, coaching programs, but they their, their game style, way they approach their position is extremely different. So how that's going to gel between Josh Allen and uh, Jake Fromm, that's going to be interesting as well because if Allen goes down with an injury and they have to bring Fromm in, that system is not going to be used to his style of play. Now, will he adjust? Yes, he will a little, but you can't change those things dramatically in a player's natural uh, natural style. So that's 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 going to be interesting. But, um, yeah, I was very surprised he slipped that far, and it's a good pick-up by the Bills, and who knows what will happen. But, uh, you know, the Bills are probably going to see more success uh, in the coming years, you'd think, judging on uh, past... Past performance, so might be a bad landing spot in some ways. Yeah, clearly, I think we we think about this one a little bit differently, um, but that's okay. That's the joy of sport. You're allowed to think differently. Yeah. Um, I think it's worthwhile touching on the Aussie guys. Uh, Absolutely. And unfortunately, none of our guys got drafted, um, which is a real disappointment. And you might think it's a kick in the teeth, but it's not. Uh, some really good things happened. So Aaron Sipos, who the name might sound a little familiar to some of you, it's because he used to play for St Kilda. I think he spent uh, a few years on the list, uh, ended up getting delisted. He had a few shoulder injuries, decided to go have a crack at the NFL and ended up uh, doing some punting. He went through the pro kick program and signed with Auburn. So he went through the draft, went undrafted, but the moment the draft finished, he signed as an undrafted free agent with the Detroit Lions. Uh, which is a really good opportunity. Uh, Detroit just got rid of their punter, uh, traded him out. So there's a chance for him to come in and fight for that spot as a delisted free agent. So that's a huge move to Aaron Sipos. 
Yeah, very exciting. Uh, Zuz, he, he seemed like he was the one that probably expected to be picked up in the draft the most, so there was that disappointment immediately afterwards, but uh, Detroit came knocking pretty quickly. So that was that was very exciting. And the second key mention we, sh- we should talk about is Matt Leo. This guy was a, uh, a plumber in Adelaide, believe it or not, and uh, and uh, apparently fell in love with the NFL when he was on smoko breaks on a Monday. Uh, anyway, it's a, that, that's a little fast fact, but left left Australia at 23 to go chase his NFL dream, and, and oh, I can only applaud him for that. What what, an, what a brave move! And um, the Philadelphia Eagles have picked Matt Leo up, um, so that's that's exciting. Both both punters, we should add, which is the obviously the big export. In, sorry, Zoods. Uh, no, Matt Leo. I thought Matt Leo was a defensive end. Oh, I'm wrong. Uh, is, this shows how much research we <laughs> we've done on. I, anyway, let's, he's uh, a defensive end. Thank defensive you very much. end. Sorry, my bad, my bad. I uh, keep thinking we're all punters that come out of Oz, but uh, that's an incredible effort. Uh, apologies to that to Matt Leo. That's that's a very bad oversight. So, um, but what a story! You know, and he left left Australia at 23. Was a plumber. Went and chased his dream, and he's been picked up by. The Eagles, which are um, which are a great franchise in the in the uh, in the NFL, um, and we should also mention there was uh, Joel Whitford, Dane Roy. Uh, these were guys that have been playing in the college system um, over in the states, and uh, to our knowledge, to this date, they've uh, have not been picked up following the draft at this stage. So remains to be seen, but they were contenders as well. Um, and so we keep our fingers crossed that perhaps something will come of come for them. But hey, uh, Sipos and Matt Leo yeah, signed up for the NFL. More Aussies in the system. Um, I think it's a great great thing. It is an amazing thing, and I, I do want to touch on something because there's a few factors that impact um, those guys particularly. So in the NFL, just because you get drafted does not mean you get a long contract. So if you drafted in the first or second round, uh, I think it's you get a four-year guaranteed contract. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to walk in on something like $35 million, uh, as part for his total contract, which includes his signing bonus. Uh, whereas you get someone like Aaron Sipos, who signed as a delisted free agent, that does not necessarily mean he's going to be playing for the Colts. So he still has to make their 53-man roster. It's not a guarantee that he will be playing. And that actually goes for any of the draft picks. So he's in no worse situation than any of the draft picks um, picked after the second round. They still have to make their spot. Where the difference is, is in your drafting is you get a signing bonus. Then that's guaranteed money in your pocket. So that's it's really worthwhile. So getting drafted in the different rounds makes a huge difference to your stock, how much you have to work, whether you're actually going to get a spot on the roster. It's very different to the AFL system. Uh, Matt Leo, for example, he is actually signed as an international player. There's a, they've got a special name for it, but it's kind of like being a Category B rookie in Australian football. So they're trying to bring the international people into the game so they can spread the game around the world. It's, a ba- it's basically a free hit for the Philadelphia Eagles to pick up Matt Leo. The chance of him actually making the squad are probably a little slim, but he might get assigned to their practice squad um, gives him a chance to develop his skills going up against guys uh, who are well entrenched in the system. So that's a really interesting one. Uh, a great example, actually, 
uh, of a delisted, sorry, an undrafted free agent is the man with the greatest sounding name in the entire NFL, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, he's all, he's a kicker. He ended up going to, he's from Georgia, ended up going to the Colts, but they actually gave him a 20 grand signing bonus. So when you're an undrafted free agent, uh, you can actually go out and be like, all right, who's going to give me the biggest signing bonus? Cause that's money guaranteed in my pocket. Um, and that probably played a part in what he did in his decision to go to the Colts after the draft. So really interesting, really interesting to watch that over the next few months to see who actually makes the rosters. Yeah, and as, as we've discussed ourselves, Zoods, in the past, that, that period for these guys from now to getting on the roster is just a brutal, there's no other word to, to describe it. It's just a brutal period. It's such a cutthroat system. As you say, there's no guarantees with money or longevity in these, in these, in these signings. Um, and it's, it's one that, it's an example that really differentiates from our AFL system and our AFL signings, as you've said. Um, I, 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 we could we could talk about this for a long time, but I can only recommend that you go and listen to Ben Graham's interview on the Howie Games podcast. I just I, I think that you know, of course, we want you to listen to this podcast, but it provides a great insight into into what happens for these Aussies in this situation, and um, there's just some real brutality in, in those deals they've really got to now step up perform um, otherwise unfortunately they may not have a long long career in the NFL but we certainly hope they do and regardless it's an amazing effort just to get where they've got because they're up against so much talent in the states a big college system that they were a part of but they broke into that and now they've been picked up by NFL teams so a tremendous effort by those two Zoods, we'll move on. Uh, we're happy to move on, and uh, we'll just finish. We'll just finish on two or three more big names. So, our friend Jameis Winston, the man who giveth and take it away, the man who Tom Brady replaced at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's been picked up as the backup QB at the New Orleans Saints. I think this is tremendous for him, Zoods. We spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. We said. He needed a system. He needed a, um, to to learn how to how to control his game. He's clearly got so much talent, but he just kept coughing the ball up. And I mean, what there ain't too many better systems than the Saints to go into for a guy like Winston, sit behind Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and be coached by Sean Payton. An amazing offensive-minded coach. Um, I just feel like it's a good landing spot for him. Can sit behind, can sit as a backup for a year or so, and then either get his chance there or put himself out in the market and could get picked up in a couple of years elsewhere. But I think this is what Winston needed. He needed to go in as a as a backup, be in a good system, uh, analyze a top quarterback's game. And then just uh, make some changes to his to the way he goes about it, and he could come out, you know, so much better for this. Yeah, I I completely agree. So he hasn't really had the opportunity, I don't think, to watch or to work alongside a high quality QB like Drew Brees. Um, and I think this is putting it into perspective. So last year, Drew Brees' completion percentage 
was 70, just over 74%. So that means he's hitting the target, he's connecting, he's making the right decisions. To compare that to Jameis Winston, who was at 60%. Uh, that's a big difference. So if Breeze can help him bridge that gap, you might see Winston back as a starting QB, whether it's at the Saints when uh, Breeze retires eventually or somewhere else. That's going to be really interesting to see. The other one that we're going to talk about is Cam Newton, uh, who is still unsigned. Um, there's, there's a few landing spots which are interesting for him. Uh, interestingly, the Patriots didn't draft uh, another QB. Uh, a lot of people thought they were. So that pretty much tells us that they're going to go with Jarrett Stidham for the season. Again, Newton may go there. I don't think so anymore. I think the best landing spot for him now is either going to be Chicago to battle it out with Trubisky, who people are very divided on, uh, or the other one is still, as we mentioned uh, in a previous episode, the LA Chargers. So get him down there. Uh, they did just pick up Herbert, so I don't know that that will happen. But, yeah, definitely those two teams, in my mind, are probably leading the pack. Yeah, like <clears throat> we've just spoke about Cam, as Zood has alluded to. One, well, two big question marks over him, but the key ones is health. And there's still a lot of question marks over, is he ready to start? Um, but for me, the bigger one is, I don't believe Cam Newton's a backup quarterback. He's he's not the style of, his, his personality, the way he conducts himself, I just can't see him. Um, sitting. I can't see him being a backup quarterback. Now, maybe he'll prove, prove us all wrong and he'll go into a system going to, as, as, a, as a backup and then rebirth himself as a, as, an, as a great quarterback. But something just tells me that he's not going to be prepared to suck that up and say, okay, I'll sit behind someone for a season or however long it's going to be and then hopefully get my opportunity feel like Cam's, and this mightn't be a smart move for him, I feel like he's going to try to get a starting job. And if that doesn't work out, I don't know. Like, I don't know whether he'll be prepared to take a backup position. That's not saying I don't think he should, but I don't know whether he will. Um, the Chicago one's interesting. I mean, Trubisky's on borrowed time now. Like, um, the Chicago... The Chicago... Um, Fan base is certainly not happy. The Sharks are circling there. If he starts out badly, I can't see his future uh, at Chicago lasting too much longer. So perhaps that is a good landing spot for Cam. But I think there's a fair chance we, we won't see him potentially on the side next year. That's that's putting it out there, but I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise me and, and uh, come in as a backup, but uh, and I hope he does, but yeah, you know, to, uh, the league moves on, and um, there's been plenty of players that thought they were too good to not be picked up in the past, and sometimes time rolls on and people forget. And uh, as Cam, as naturally talented as he is, I don't know, maybe if he's not prepared to be a backup, that we won't see him. But uh, anyway, Zudes, your face is suggesting you don't agree with me, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's that would be sad to see him not on a not on a roster. I agree. It would be sad. Um, phenomenal talent. He's one we're going. Obviously, we're going to watch. 
Um, the other last one, and this is the last point, is Andy Dalton, the Bengals QB, uh, was released by the team. I don't know where he's going to go. I think he is more suited to that backup role. His stats, he's had, they haven't been great. He's 32. Uh, last year he threw for 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Let's remember, they don't have a good team, so that's not all his fault. Um, but his passer completion rate uh, was actually worse than Winston's as well last year. So he only threw, he threw just under 60%. There's enough there that he could go in and be that backup QB to an established um, star. Where that is right now, I don't know. Maybe he goes and fights it out at the Patriots. Um, maybe he goes to the Jags. I don't know. Yeah, again, another one to watch. You may have some more insights, Torpy. Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, I was, I'm a bit surprised he was cut from the Bengals because, like, he's, he's been around a while. He's, he's low 30s, 32, I believe. So he's not, um, he's not super old. And, um, I felt like he could have been a, a good, uh, mentor in Burroughs' first year, perhaps. So I'm a little bit surprised they cut him. But at the same time, you know, it's hard for a guy to stick around when they bring in this, this, this uh, number one pick and um, he knows then the writing's on the wall, you know, absolutely he knows he's not going to start. So I get, I get that. Um, but yeah, as you said, he's a guy that suits a backup role far more than a guy like Cam Newton. I think um, Andy would accept a backup role at a team. And to me, he has a bit of the Patriots. He seems to suit going to the Patriots in some way. So, feel like that could could happen still but um yeah i don't have any really strong hunches on that that for me he feels like a guy that belichick could pick up as a solid solid backup to sit him as you said um jared Stidham, you know all the signs are they're going to be that's going to be their uh their qb because they didn't draft one in the in the draft and an experienced head like andy dalton uh just could be a good person to have in there um, you know, I feel like he's a sort, he's not a guy that would upset Bill that much. So, Bill Belichick. So, yeah. Um, but who knows? I hope he gets picked up. He's a like, he's a likable character, Andy Dalton. He's a redhead too. So if you can't hold that against him, but he, um, he cops a bit for that. But, uh, but yeah, I'd like to see him get picked up. And he, I, I think his only chance is going to be as a backup. He's definitely not, I, I doubt he's going to get picked up as a starter anywhere. But yeah, that's that's all I could think that he would end up at the Patriots. I reckon Zoods. But yeah, I think you are a hundred percent right. Uh, so that's kind of our wrap on the draft and some of the some of the moves that have gone on. Um, we will keep you updated as to any changes that come through or any big signings, and we'll keep you updated as to how the rosters start to take shape over the next few months. And that's going to be a really interesting time especially because a lot of the players are still in lockdown. So being able to actually showcase your talent is really difficult. So it'll be interesting to see whether there's just a mass culling right before the start of the season um, because they need the time to actually view these guys. So we'll keep you updated with that. Um, What we'd love to see everyone else do is make sure you do share and subscribe this podcast. The more people we can get interested in the NFL, uh, the greater community and greater support we can have. So make sure you do subscribe, tell your friends, get around it. 
Couldn't set it better myself, Zoods. We're, and we're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. So there's no excuses. We're on all platforms. So uh, we thank you very much for listening again. Um, we'll talk very soon about all those things Zoods mentioned, and we'll look ahead as to what the NFL season may look like in these crazy times. So thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time.